2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome, everyone, to SI Media with Jimmy Traina. Thank you so much for listening. Back after a week off, nice and refreshed. It was a dead week last week, NFL over. NBA was in their all-star break, so we took a week off. We're back. We have a great show this week. We have... One of the hosts of the very, very popular WFAN and CBS Sports Network morning show, Greg Giannotti from the Boomer and Geo show. Boomer and Geo, a ratings juggernaut in New York, and they're also seen across the country on CBS Sports Network every morning from 6 to 10. So we have a great conversation about the state of radio what makes a radio show successful, how to run a successful radio show. Uh, it's a really great interview with Greg Giannotti about the overall state of radio and WFAN and uh, doing a simulcast and all that stuff. And then my buddy Sal Akata joins us for Train of Thoughts. Gio joins us. Gio and Sal are friends and work together. So we do a Train of Thoughts with Sal and Gio, get into um, a betting story that I got for the guys. We talked about the We Are the World documentary, Um, touched on a couple of other topics in the Train of Thoughts with Sal and Gio. Before I get to it, if you missed any recent episodes, make sure you go into the archives, check them out. A lot of football stuff to end the season. We did a Super Bowl wrap-up pod. Jim Nance was on the show. Brian Curtis, Kyle Brandt, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, all recent guests. So go into the archives, check those out, and make sure you subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trana That's the most important. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. All right. First up, Greg Giannotti from WFAN and CBS Sports Network, followed by Train of Thoughts with Salicata and Geo in this week's special edition, all right here, right now on SI Media with Jimmy Trana All right. Joining me now, part of the enormously popular WFAN and CBS Sports Network team of Boomer and Geo in the morning from 6 to 10 a.m. He is Greg Giannotti, first time on the pod. Thanks for doing this, Greg. How's it going?
4: Thanks for having me, Jimmy. I'm doing great, man. It's uh, I, I probably should have showed up to your house to do this. You don't live that far away. I probably should. I just thought about that right now. Why don't I just come over? I could probably we, get there by the end of this podcast.
3: We could have done that. I love having Long Island people on. Does anyone call you Greg?
4: Yeah, uh, a lot okay. of people. Most people, actually. Uh, I know okay. when, I moved, when I moved to Sayville, people would ask me that question, do you prefer geo or greg and i said it really doesn't matter to me but i think most people call me greg and especially the the closest people to
3: me yeah yeah so i wanted to you know once once the nfl ends i like to sort of mix it up with the guests because i have so many nfl guests on um during this season so i'm so glad um we're able to do this because i'm a huge listener and fan of the show and radio is just so fascinating in this day and age where there's so many podcasts that it's you know it's ridiculous, and I don't know how you know I don't know the relationship young people have with radio. I mean, I grew up on on the fan and radio, so it means something to me. So, and you guys are so successful, so I wanted to sort of pick your brain about that, um, and get into some radio stuff and some other things. So, appreciate you doing this. Um, yeah,
4: absolutely, but- man. I, yeah, I, uh, I'm glad I'm glad that you're still a uh, a radio listener and uh, someone who because. You know, you get a lot of the old school FAN listeners that don't like some of the the new younger stuff and you've actually uh you you've stuck with us through the entire time so I appreciate that.
3: I don't know, I have a weird loyalty. Like I still listen to Howard Stern, I still listen to the Fan, like I still watch wrestling, like I'm I'm a loyal guy through and through. So um you know, I it's weird because I sort of approach all of those things as like there's the fan in me who grew up listening and consuming all this stuff. And then there's the media person in me. And like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by you and Boomer show. Let's start with this because you guys are on the fan in New York and then you're also on CBS Sports Network. So I'm just wondering like how much you guys think about, talk about, discuss, cognizant of you're catering to two different audiences. You have the local New York audience where, I mean, there are people who'd be happy if you're breaking down like who the second lefty is out of the Met and Yankee bullpen. But you also have this national audience on CBS Sports Network. So how do you, you know, mix the TV radio stuff? Is that dicey to do that, or you guys? No, no not, yeah. not at all.
4: Honestly, we we barely think about topics that have to do nationally. I mean, I, I did a national radio show before Boomer and G on CBS Sports Radio, and that was a completely different situation. So when I got to FAN. It was basically, you, you do the FAN radio show. This is what they wanted when they, they signed on with Boomer and Carton when they started. And then we were just going to continue doing New York sports talk. And, and that that's what they wanted. They wanted a New York audience. They wanted a New York feel. And for whatever reason, there, there's some people who grew up in the Midwest, grew up in the West Coast that have nothing to do with New York that will will latch on to us from time to time. I think just some more of the social topics or things that are going on in our lives. But but very rarely do we talk about a topic standpoint. There's there's things that are visual we'll talk about, like that'll be good for CBS Sports Network. We show that. Uh, this is better for the TV audience in a sense of what you can see and not see. But as far as topics go, national or local, we we do New York sports talk, and we don't really care if someone in uh you know, Sacramento doesn't like
3: it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really enjoy about the show is that it's not just your hardcore sports show. You guys, I mean, I feel like you guys do maybe 50% sports. And I love the fact that it's just not all Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants, Knicks. I mean, which is, you know, what we're used to. I I love that you guys go into a lot of, areas, some of them weird, some of them sports, some of them not sports. I love that. It's a. I mean, if you had to I know for me, like, uh, you know, we're, we're both good friends with Sal. Lakata. I've said to Sal a million times, like I can never do what he does. Like if I had to sit there and talk about like the Mets for four hours, I, I, I give him so much credit for doing that. If you had to like if you couldn't do the other non sports stuff, how much less would you enjoy your job?
4: Uh, you know, it's, it's, that is a, uh, that's a great question. I could tell your listener I actually said this the other day off the air. I said, I, I could not do, I couldn't enjoy, I would do it because it would be a living and I've sort of put all my eggs right. in the sports dog basket at this point. I would do it, but I would not be happy if I had to do straight four hour sports talk. Now I did, I did grow up on that. I did love listening to Joe Beningo and Steve Summers and Mike and the mad dog, of course, but there was also things that they did that were funny to me that were non-sports, but where we are today, especially now at this point in my life, early 40s, two kids. I just have different interests. And and some of these things are very specific. Like if you really want hardcore, straight Yankees, you know, there there is a podcast for that. Right. Or straight nets, there is a podcast for that. So really, we, we sort of, in in my mind, and talking to, to different people, creative people in radio, it was more and more about the people who are tuning us in. Yes, when there's something big going on in New York sports, I want to hear what we have to say. But when there's not, and a lot of time the teams have been bad or it's a slow time in sports, now they're coming to us for our personalities, you know, our takes on all sorts of things, and especially in the morning they want to laugh. So I, I will opt for. You know, maybe in t- two thousand eighteen, I, I wouldn't do this, but I'll opt more for the funny personal story than I would. Let's talk about the minor league system or the bullpen <laughs> or things that I I couldn't I couldn't do that. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I, I would rather do a show on maybe reality television before I could do straight four hour sports talk right now because there's a lot of these things like like I and I give these guys credit across the country whether it's first take or, or anything else on FAN. Like, I I can't imagine, like, I'm like, do you guys really care that much about that particular There's no way you can possibly with everything going on in the world, care that much and be yelling back and forth about who the first baseman should be. There's, there's no way. Uh, and I sometimes feel like that, that also could come across a little bit phony. If you're, if you're that passionate about something that's so minute, especially when nothing is going on. So you know, I try to be authentic. And if if I'm interested in it, if boomers interested in it, then it comes across to the audience. Like we, we care and we're passionate. And generally that translates.
3: Yeah. It, it, I do wonder, I mean, I've discussed this too. I mean, how much of it is getting older? I mean, I cared about sports so much more when I was younger, but then you get older and you have real life situations that you're dealing with. And it's like, okay, am I really going to go crazy because the Yankees blew a game in middle of July against the Royals. It's, you know, it it is, but there are still so many hardcore sports fans like that. I mean, I, I mean, I I go by the standpoint that I think every sports fan is deranged, like to be a sports fan, you have, and I include myself in that. Like I'm irrational when it comes to the Yankees. Like it's, it's just part of the gig, but you see these, some of these people how seriously they take it. And I'm just like, Oh my God, do you have like no problems in life? I can't, I can't, fathom that you could be that upset about it
4: well i i know and i i I used to be when i was younger and i think that was sort of a testament to how great i think about it now i didn't think about it then but how great my childhood was i was very lucky i was two (laughs) wonderful parents who were still alive who i was an only child i had great friends i loved where i grew up so really like when my teams lost it was the worst stuff to happen to me because i was i was loved and things really worked out well so I mean, and then I look back now. Not that my life isn't good now, but I mean, you just have different perspective. You're more responsible for things. There's all sorts right. of different uh, problems that that you have to fix that is there to fix for you. Um, but I, I still, and, and I see that amongst my friends too. I really try to, you know, gauge when I'm when I'm out talking to people, you know, what really matters to them because that's that's our audience. I mean, the guys that I hang out with in in Saville on a, on a Friday afternoon. And that's mostly who is listening to us—is—is is, is those type of guys. So if something's coming up in sports that maybe I'm not paying as much attention to, but I hear those guys talking about a lot. Generally, that—that—that's a good gauge. But it—it it ends. You know, it's not like you know you don't uh, you know maybe when we were 21, you you wouldn't talk to your friend for two weeks if you had a disagreement about who the, who the starting quarterback should be. But now it's sort of like you yell back and forth for 10 minutes. You're like, oh, let's get another drink and shut up about it. Right
3: exactly yeah exactly i always i always tell sal i'd be the worst person on any like debate show or anything like that because after maybe like two minutes i'd go i don't care and yeah. that would be horrible television
4: <laughs> yeah just uh, well, like what do we probably, all-? i know i mean i get i get worked up sometimes over like i, I don't want to sound hypocritical there are things that i that i get passionate about still in, in right. sports but and it's it's uh, it's rare, you know. It's 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 more rare. I, I more get angry at that dumb things that that bother me about sports, like a an athlete does something silly or uh, like that. Like I, I don't know that Evan Neal story last year where he was saying the things about like, oh, I don't have the opinions of uh, sheep when you're a lion, and what are you doing delivering pizzas or whatever? It's stuff like that. It, it kind of yeah, annoys. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but
3: I I I get annoyed. Yeah, I get annoyed about like all the old man stuff, like the streaming bullshit and forty dollars to park your car at a game, like that. That's the stuff that you know. I also that's the difference too. I think when you're a kid, or not even just a kid, but even like whatever twenties, like it's all like fun, and and now it's so much of the business of it is you know you want to go. I I feel so bad for the guy who wants to take his wife and two kids to a game. He's got to spend like $700 by the time it's all done because he wants to get, you know, a Coke, a hot dog and park and a hat. It's like, you know, then you throw in what the streaming stuff and it, it is, you know, a little bit of
4: a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I get, I get really mad at these organizations too. And that's, that's one of the trickier things these days to deal with, especially if you have a partnership, like we do with the Yankees, Odyssey is also with the Mets. We have the Giants, So, It's sort of those things when you get into those business topics, it can be tricky. So sometimes you have to hold back because you know the bosses are going to get phone calls about it. But Yeah, I mean, and you know, I I do, I I feel bad for the fan too. And I know that the easy answer is, well, you don't have to go. No one's forcing you to go. That's the easy, like, but but it's not, it's not that easy because there, there, there have been people who have grown up their entire lives. You know, when they were a kid and they got older, dreaming about taking their son or daughter to a game and having that experience and how special it is for them. And they probably thought like, hell, you know, I'd buy a, a 20 game plan. But now it's like I can't buy a 20 game plan. I'd be broke. This is insanity. And, and it shouldn't be like that. But I mean, I also think it's increasingly, increasingly harder just to live in New York it's just, it's it's just as you get older. It's just like this is too expensive. It's too frustrating. There's too much traffic. There's too many people. Yep. The weather sucks. I'm just, I'm trying to be happy, but everything I try to <laughs> makes me happy is too expensive or unhealthy. I just, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> and now on top of it, every one of my teams sucks. Like so, that's why I think also that the show has evolved a lot because the teams have been. Terrible around here, too. Like, you can't talk bad football, bad baseball, bad basketball every single day. It's just it's sickening.
3: I wanted to get into that because. I wonder now, listen, there have been teams that have been bad for so long here in New York. I mean, you have like the Jets. Who, I mean, the Jets, though, to me, like they've been an embarrassment their entire existence outside of like three years or parcells, basically. But is it bad for you for sports talk radio? if the teams are bad, because I, I'm of the belief that the negativity could be just as good. I, I mean, mean it, is,
4: but it doesn't, it doesn't last very long. So right. like he, here was a good example. I remember cause you're a, you grew up a Mike Francesa fan too. It was, it was years ago. It was two, 2007 when the giants went on that run to the super bowl and the Mets had collapsed. It was that first collapse year, you know, the seven and 17 uh, with the, with the Phillies. And, uh, and he goes, for us what the giants did that was a nine what the mets did that was a ten you know and, and that was true at that point but here's the problem that we have, we have had a lot especially in new york football like the negativity is there but then the organization becomes irrelevant so when you get to the September, all right, they're 0-4 or they're 1-5 in October and everybody's pissed, I can't believe they're doing this again. But then they're playing these games in December that nobody cares about. And you think about the Mets last year, all right, people were angry about what was going on, but they were dead in July. So they got July, August, September, beginning of October. They're dead. Then you've got no playoff baseball at all. The Yankees, too, were the least interesting season they had had in a very long time. So, yes, negativity in the sense of a team that's got high expectations but falls short does usually play, and there's a lot of angrier people. But I also wouldn't mistake the the angry callers and passionate hosts for great listenership. Because I know at least when I was a listener, I I didn't like putting on those days because I could vent or I wanted to get away from it. I really do believe that even though it's choir, you don't get as many phone calls. You don't get as many people screaming, but people love when their team wins, they get in the car, they put it on. I just want to hear people talking about it because it makes me happy. And we haven't had a lot of that in a very long time.
3: Yeah, I, I get, I get, I guess the, Yeah, you made the point that it doesn't last because I'm thinking about the Jets, for instance. Like, Aaron Rodgers blowing out his Achilles four plays into the first game. I know for me, it my brain goes to I can't wait to put on Boomer and Geo tomorrow. Yeah. If the Jets win a game on Sunday, I no offense, I'm not like I can't wait to listen to Boomer. You know, yeah. so there All is. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a negative person, but it, like but you said, I guess it doesn't more, last yeah. because then by. Week eight when the, it's the same shit over and over. <laughs>
4: exactly. So, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, if you're talking one specific day,
3: yeah. yes.
4: Uh, you know, a, a terrible call in a game or a playoff loss or one specific day. But, I mean, if you think about the the ride, I, I really think in the beginning of when, you know, after miss and then with Boomer and Carton, they got two unbelievable stories there in 2007 when they started. You know, yeah. they had it was September 2007. They got the Mets collapse right off the bat. Then they had the Giants run to the Super Bowl, and that was just like huge. You know, and I, I remember in the, like being like irrationally bitter about that when I started because I was like, I got mm-hmm. nothing like that. I got uh, the Giants hiring Pat Shermer was the biggest story I had in, like a year and a half. So, uh, so yes, they, they both can play, but I, I can tell you from from my seat having some of these these seasons that that the, the teams are just nothing by the end of it and you're waiting for the off season it's just it, it's it's miserable to be a relevant yeah. new york city
3: let me transition yeah i want to know a little bit about the show prep and what goes into your daily show so it's boomer and geo monday through friday 6 a.m 10 a.m eastern on wfan in new york and then cbs sports network it's Greg Giannotti and Boomer Sison. I'm just curious what goes into, I mean, I had Boomer on once and I'm always blown away by any show that starts at 6am. I could do a whole podcast on just like your lifestyle, the waking up, the going to bed, like that's a whole other thing. Um, but I'm just curious, give me like, how much you discuss with Boomer, what you're going to discuss before the show starts. What when do you decide on a lead item? Who decides the lead item? you have your producer, Al Dukes, is it all collaborative? Just tell me a little bit about like the show getting started and then like the topics and how you make all that so, happen.
4: So it's it's funny. The the good story. The first right before the first show I ever hosted with Boomer as a tryout situation, uh, he told me he's like, I, I don't want to talk to you about what we talk about, because I I just before the show I don't I don't want to do that. You just talk about what you want to talk about. I will react and we'll see how it goes. And I was like I was wow that's that's different you know. So I kind of yeah. had to get used to that uh, in the beginning. Now it has evolved over the years to basically you know Al's got a list of topics that he emails us the night before. I have stuff that's either in my head or I write down before. And then I try to, I I take, we look at the show like this big topics, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And if it's a huge topic, you try to reset at nine, which you did at six. Or maybe if it's huge, you know, you kind of sprinkle it out throughout the entire show. Then we have that update segment with Jerry where he comes in at 25 and he does all the sports and then funny audio. Then we have that short segment before the top of the hour where that's like funnier stories, different things that are going on that are maybe non-sports that you couldn't do for 15 or 20 minutes, but you could do for six or seven minutes. So that's sort of the template, and it's gotten to the point now where I kind of put that together, and then Boomer will react to it. But one of the things that I I do, if you'll notice, in the beginning of the show at at 6 a.m., it's something that I learned over, (laughs) over the years was, That he he wouldn't love to talk about what he wanted to talk about before the show, but he always had an idea about what he wanted to talk about before the show. So I would come out with like a a strong opinion on something, and he would be like, "Well, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that later because I I don't know why you're so worked up about it." And (laughs) let me talk about this. So then, when I started doing, I'm like, "All right, if he doesn't love the prepping before the show, and he's not, he has something in his head that he wants to say, I'll just." throw out a bunch of things that I know are relevant, that we both know are relevant, and he'll, at that first segment, take it where he wants to go, and then I'll have a list of other topics that I will hit as the show goes on. And I, we also love, Boomer and I love the, the the improv of it, the spontaneity of it, so we try not to get too locked into We have to talk about this there. We have to talk about that there. Because some of our funniest moments and our best moments come out of absolute nowhere, uh, and you got to have room for that. So, and, and it, when you work together for so long and you know what the show is, like very rarely am I, uh, I'm saying, telling the boomer, Hey, you know, we have to do this or we should do that. Like he already knows and he's locked
3: in still. Right. So to see, so when you open the show at 6am and you go into opening the show, he does not know what you're going to say. Or no. What are going to bring up? Wow. No, very rare.
4: Very, wow. Very I'm surprised rare.
3: you don't even just do it. Like, okay, we're going to go Yankees here and then no. start not even no. that.
4: No, because because that's amazing because we're both so we both know what's important and what the audience is going to want to hear and what we're going to want to talk about. So I I don't he doesn't have to worry about me not knowing something. I don't have to worry about him not knowing something like there. There are times where I'll be like, if it's a more serious topic, I'll say we should do this first. Um, do you, how do you want to frame it? You know, that, that'll be like something like maybe a, a criminal thing in sports or a social right, right. issue in sports. Then I'll go to him and and sit down in his office 15 minutes before the show and be like, all right, you know, this is what I'm thinking on this. This is what we should avoid. You know, we should get into it this way. Um, but but he, he really, and I, I respect the hell out of him with this because he's so prepared and so locked in for a former athlete still to this day after doing it 17, 18 years, like I never have to worry about him not knowing what's going on. I mean, it's like never, ever, ever, even on these days where he's like, he's gone for five days on a golf trip or he's filming a commercial somewhere. He always comes back completely locked in, uh, Which, which generally isn't the case for guys as famous as him.
3: Yeah. That's wild to me that he doesn't even know that, you know, you don't have to give them like, the specifics, but hey, it's going to be Yankees. He doesn't even know that. That's, that's wild.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
3: You mentioned some of the best stuff is the stuff that comes up naturally that you don't plan out. Obviously, you had the Randy Moss situation a couple of weeks ago, which was tremendous. Yeah, And, you know, that that's another one of those things where I'm looking at it maybe a little different than just the person who's listening because, okay, yes. So the gist of it is you guys thought the Vikings Randy Moss was coming on. It turns out it was the horse racing analyst Randy Moss who was booked. What I loved about that was the way you found out where you said to your producer, Al Dukes, what is he promoting? And it was that just that question that yeah. led to the whole segment, which got a lot of play, obviously. Um, now, when that's going on in your head, are you like, OK, this is gold or are you still are you just blown away that you guys booked the wrong guy? Or can you see the radio gold in that moment?
4: Uh, I, I I can, but it's all a natural reaction, you know. And and if you, I think we even we we even had like Eddie Scizari was like in that moment, is like, oh, this is awesome. And then I said, this is horrible. Like right off the uh, bat, we sort of knew what was going on, uh, and and Al too, and Boomer. So yeah, I can, I you you know that it's good. I didn't think it would get as big as it was, or or it did, because there was really nothing going on Super Bowl week, and that was like right. one of the stories that day, which was which was hilarious. But. I, I definitely – it's a natural reaction. It's, it's, it's all real. but And I, I definitely can tell that this is going to be a, a really funny thing that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I'm still to this day – like p- part of me is to your point of like, can you realize if it's good in the moment or not? I still don't know the answer to this. Wouldn't it have been funnier if I never asked that question and I showed up that day with my Viking sweatshirt on and my, and my picture I was ready to sign – And then the the white bald Randy Moss walked in and I was like, Oh my God. And then Al had to talk to him and sit him down. I don't know which was, which scenario would have been funnier, but we're never going to know.
3: I know you would ask that. I actually think the way it happened was funnier because I do think if that guy shows up, then you've got to take time because you probably then end up doing some sort of funny, loose interview with him in some way, shape, you know, has this ever happened before? I love the way it, played out and and I'm going to sound like a total dick for saying this almost the second you brought it up I said they booked the wrong Randy Moss I because I I, because I knew you guys weren't on Radio Row yeah yeah. I'm thinking Randy Moss the receiver he's not maybe he'd go to Radio Row but like six o'clock in the morning to ten like it just I was like this that I find that hard and I hadn't heard you know with Radio Row in the Super Bowl you know the players that are on every single show that week. So, like, and I hadn't heard that name. And then as soon when you said, "What is he promoting?" And the second Al Duke said, "Horse racing," I knew right then you booked the wrong random. I, you know, so I then I was like, I can't wait to see how this plays out. So
4: yeah, no, I I uh, I, I had thought so that there are uh, there's a couple of reasons why I believed it was going to happen. One, we had no one else booked that. And Al knows how big of a Vikings fan I am. He knows how much I love Randy Moss. So I was thinking, like, if he was going to get one guest, getting that Randy Moss would, would be a thing. And I figured <laughs> maybe it was, like, he had stuff to do for ESPN, which is on yeah. East Coast as well. And I'm thinking maybe it was a day, you know, and it ended up, it was earlier in the week. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't know when he first told me. I was like, maybe it's a Friday when he flies in, he's got a long day. And, and he had – he saw my reaction back in the – it was the 2019 season, January or February of 2020, when John Randall, uh, another one of my favorite players, walked by and how excited I was. So I was like – I was actually thinking, like, that's really cool that Al worked that hard to make sure that the real Randy Moss was here. So I was completely naive to it. And I really thought, like, even though I know there's another Randy Moss, I was like, why would that guy be anywhere near – vegas promoting anything because i know that he used to be on the nfl network but i mean it's not even around i mean and we're talking it's february in las vegas for the super bowl it's not even like we're close to the kentucky derby or anything All right.
3: it's so weird because i never i mean i knew after the fact but i never knew him when he worked for nfl network i just knew him as a horse racing guy and i'm not even a horse racing guy but that's when so when you asked, I mean, Al said it right away. He's Oh, he's promoting some horse racing thing. I was like, oh, this is the funniest thing is I actually wrote about the whole thing in my column for SI.com that day. And then that afternoon, I got an email from Randy Moss, the horse racing guy, his publicist being like, so what you wrote, would you like to have him on the SI media podcast? He can talk yeah. about this, that I'm like, I, I don't want to be mean, but like the story yeah. is that you guys booked the wrong Randy Moss out. So that's what was funny. Um yeah. I want to talk about a little bit about you and just like your journey to the fan i i it's crazy to me this is year 7 for boomer and geo correct yeah, that's um true. that's a long time um already for a show and that's why i think the rating you know i saw i was looking up i mean i know you guys were number 1 in the mornings and by a lot and then i saw that like your ratings actually went up from 2022 to 2023 and he, like do you guys how deep do you get into the ratings? Do you, do you analyze, okay, why did we go up two points this year? Like, Do you get that into the weeds with the numbers?
4: Uh, when things are going well, not so much. Uh, if, if things are not going well, then you try to figure out how to get them back on track. So if things are going well and we're, we're doing the show the way we're doing it, I don't like to ask too many questions because I know the way we're doing it every day is going to be pretty similar. Um, but as far as the, the judging on how well you're doing through the ratings, I try not to do that too much because if you know anything about radio ratings, there's a lot of extrapolation and when it's going good, it's great. And I don't complain about it when it's going, if it's not going good, then I'm like, well, this is what a bullshit system this is. Like who even pays attention to this, but it's going good. You're you're holding like a trophy over your head. Um, but there was a couple, there's a couple of things that, that I think are a better indicator. Um, of, of popularity And and that was the when we had the show At the Paramount on Long Island and, and the ticket prices were like were More expensive than I expected them to be But they were pitched to us By the Paramount people Like we, we think you can get this And uh, then I started asking around to friends I was like you think this this ticket price range will work And it was I mean there were some tickets That were $250 there And, they were, and there were other tickets $125, $150 range And it, we had to sell over a thousand of them and then it, it sold out in seven minutes. And then I was like, "All right, I, like that—that's a—that to me is a bigger end because if you can sell out a place and you get people to pay when you're on free every day on on uh, on the radio, uh, that to me is a good indicator." But I, I don't. I'll, there there have been times like in the beginning when we first started and the numbers were a little flat. It wasn't bad, but we were more like you know third or fourth. And then you're like looking, all right, how can and it's not even like it's it's it is such a bullshit system because like you, when you try to fix the ratings it's never anything that has to do with content necessarily in my experience it, it's more like all right you got a break on time because the the meters and the quarter hours and you get more people listening and time spent listening And and i always like well that those are like little mechanical things but like, if you don't have it and the show's not good, like, no one's going to give a shit, period, about what you're talking about. So right. I would always – it was never like I have to be – if the ratings were down, ever like, I, I have to be better. I have to be more interesting because I, I believed in myself that I could do it. But all the things that you have to change were more, like, mechanical things. Like And Spike still, to this day, gets mad if I – that last break, I don't break at 55 – or five before the hour and get back right at, at, at the top of the hour. Cause it's like, people are more ingrained to like go top of the hour. You're going to get a reset of a topic. You're going to get a reset of news. People are programmed that way. And if they go to us and it's eight Oh two. And we're in a commercial break. They're more apt to go somewhere else. So the uh, rating system is strange, but I, I know there's this golf simulator place on Lincoln Avenue here in uh, Ron that I go to every single time I go in there. Somebody knows the show. Uh, and and it's things like that that make you feel like okay, you're yeah. really, you really really are resonating with people more than like a twelve point two and the number two station is the Spanish tropical hit station. You know,
3: is it what, what is what's that like going around Long Island and everyone's recognizing you? It's got to be uh, I, a trip.
4: It, it, it definitely is, and it's funny because the friends that I have, they're like, "How do you how do you deal with that?" I, I mean, I can't believe it. And I'm like, what? you understand that if I was walking around Sayville – as a, as a morning talk show host on WFAN and nobody knew who I was, that means I'd be failing miserably. <laughs> so I love it. And I said right. the day that, that someone comes up, that they, I walk into a place and no one has any idea who I am, when it's a room full of dudes, then that's going to be a big problem for me. So that very rarely is there someone who's super annoying. And it's never anything negative. It's just someone who's just like chewing your ear off about something or, you know, and then they're giving me the whole, I've been a season ticket holder for this long and that long, and I was at this game, and I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really nice to a point, and if someone's just, like, there and keeps talking, it could be annoying, but it, I, I, I absolutely love it. I appreciate it because there, there's – everybody that comes up to me is essentially me, you know. I mean, there's really right. no difference. We're just guys living on Long Island who like sports, who, you know, like being here, maybe boats, maybe golf, maybe whatever, so it's uh, and there's a sense of pride in, in both ways, and a sense of respect, uh, with the listener. So yeah, it, it is a trip, and I and I actually do enjoy talking to the listeners, it, despite what people it, think.
3: It shows the power of w- of WFAN too. I mean, like you said, the, the station's gone through a lot of changes, but you know, and I have this even with with SI. Like obviously, SI, there's all this stuff going on, but like, there is power in those names, WFAN Sports Illustrated. Yeah, you know, I. I went out to dinner with Sal after he got the after, the afternoon gig. We went to Rothman's one night. And like we walk in, and when they're walking us to our table, and like four people, like, Sal, we love you, Sal. Sal. It's like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? you? Power of the family.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. And it's the the thing that I I think is the, the the power of the radio station. And there's so many examples of it, but it's like you can talk about anything, like anything, and someone somewhere. Like, like, here's here's a great one. This this is a great one. I I brought up, and I'm glad I, I thought of an example on the spot. It wasn't that long ago, that it was probably maybe a month ago, we were talking about male teachers somehow. Like you know, and I remembered. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was the I had this 1994 Knicks Rockets NBA Finals shirt that I wore, and my math teacher. In, in sixth grade was mad because I wore it after the finals when the Knicks lost. And he was like, I don't want to see those two teams on a shirt. And I remember his name, just sixth grade math, Mr. Huey. All right. So two minutes later, Mr. Huey's daughter's best friend is on the line. Right? So she calls, yeah. Hey, Mr. Huey's watching it. He wanted to say how much, you know, he's busy with his grandkids, but he loves so then I said, I, you know, it's funny I remember Mr. Huey so well in that thing. And maybe because he was a male teacher and I only had a couple male teachers And the other one's this guy, Vito Caparuso, who was my Italian teacher. And he was a hothead. And he used to say this thing you treated me like a horse of manure. 10 minutes (laughs) later, Vito Caparuso is. On the That's, line, yeah. 78 years old, calling in from Levittown, going, uh, Somebody had called me and said I was on the radio. And I'm like, okay. This is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. these are local guys, but the fact that there's just somebody, or it's bang, 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 they're talking about you, they're talking about you. And boom, they're on the line, just like that. Yeah. The power of the radio station is still extremely strong. One more example, too, is KFC, uh, uh, Kevin Clancy from Barstow, mm-hmm. when, when he hosted. He said that he had, hadn't got that much reaction from doing something in the longest time. Now, he gets millions of views on his videos, but just like personal reaction. Like, yeah. oh, my God, I can't believe you're on WFA." Yeah. He's like, by, by by my metrics, you guys are, are crushing it.
3: I can see that because... Like I said, I'm good friends with Sal. So I know Sal's mentioned my name a couple of times on his show. You've mentioned my name a couple of times. And anytime it happens, if I'm not listening at that moment, I get texts from people right away. They just mentioned you on the fan. They just mentioned you on the fan. They just, I'm like, okay, then I go, you know, I try to go back and listen. And it, it, it's, you know, FAN is still a monster. And the thing about the ratings too, don't you think, listen, at the end of the day, if you're number one, you have good ratings. There's there's a lot of benefits security money this that but then you think the best thing after like no one wants to ever say money but money's the best thing everyone knows that but after that it's that they leave you lo- leave you alone and let you do what you want that's yeah. the best thing you can have after money that is the best thing you can have is when they just leave you alone
4: No, yeah and, and that goes back to where we're talking about about the four hours of straight sports show and and the fact that we're doing well and i can bring up any topic and do and say whatever i want i mean i And I I try to appreciate those moments as much as possible. And it was just off the air when we were had a real funny show, and it was all spontaneous. I said, "Thank God, I'm doing this show." I mean, just thank God because this it doesn't get any better than this. It just it just doesn't. So, and and with Spike, you know, he you know, there's things like I said mechanically, he'll say, "Don't do this, don't do that," but he's never like he never with what's it
3: what's it don't do. I'm just curious, what's it don't do?
4: Uh, He hates when we break late. He hates when we okay. break late, and he he doesn't like if I bring up a topic before Jerry's update because he's like, get to the update. People expect the update at that time, so it's all mechanically. That, I mean, there's yeah. nothing. We'll never be like, don't talk about this, don't talk about that, don't bring up this thing. You know, talk more Mets, talk more Yankees. It's never that. Um, right. and and he he trusts us to come up with the content, and it's it's only like little, just like um, just just mechanical things with within the program and the clock and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's uh, you're right. I, being being left alone is great. Now, you know, I, I do have some some worry about the next guy that's going to come in. I mean, this is super inside WFAN, but, you know, Spike Eskin who came in and did an amazing job after Mark Chernoff and someone who's so funny, so creative. We did these Boomer and Geo live shows uh, with him and he produced them and now he wants to go be a talk show host, can't blame him. Uh, and he's leaving and we got to get a new program director. Now I got to go through that. So uh, hopefully right. that next guy <laughs> leaves us alone and trusts us too, but you never know.
3: Usually when they'll, they see the numbers, you know, listen, any, anytime someone new comes in, you never know what's going to happen, but I, I'm sure once they see the numbers, then they'll, they'll leave you alone if they're maybe trying to get their claws in it at the beginning.
4: Yeah, I mean, you would think, you would hope, but there's also people come in and go like, uh, like you know, I want to, I want to put my stamp on this. I want to put my signature on this program. You know, there there could be. I I don't think, I don't think our boss will hire someone like that. But it's always a possibility. So, and if you're in this business, you're always worried about something at some point. So this is thing I have to worry about now. All
3: right. So tell me about. um, Oh, who am I kidding? The computer died. We're continuing the taping like an hour after the continued item. We're redoing a story. So full disclosure, we were having a great interview and my computer died and everything's all messed up and I'm off my game. So I'm going to have Gio retell a story of how he got into radio and ended up at WFAN.
1: Go ahead.
4: I always loved the radio station. I wanted to talk sports. I wanted to be on the radio, but I didn't think it was possible. I remember someone told me that it was easier to get into the NBA than it was to be a full-time host on WFAN. So I was afraid of that. And (laughs) I, I... I could play music. I I just I was born with the ability to play music, so I had the big upright bass uh, and the guitar, and I could play it. And I played orchestral music and jazz music and bluegrass music. And I sort of I was all state, and I was good at it. And I needed to get a job. And there were so many musicians that were better than me that I saw that were struggling financially. So I said, "How can I get a job?" My mom was an English teacher for many years, so I said I could teach maybe. So I went to Ithaca College to be a music education major because I had 100% job placement at the time. And uh, I went up there and I hated it. It was miserable. Uh, it was cold. I came from Belport High School. that was very diverse and went up there and it was not. I didn't mesh with anybody. I was as, as depressed as I've ever been in my life. And I said, I called my dad after three years in and said, I want to come back and try to be on the radio. And Mike and the Mad Dog had just gotten on the Yes Network up there because this was before streaming. So I couldn't listen to the radio station. They get on the yes network. I'm cutting my classes. I'm watching them and saying, I got to give that a shot. I I would not be happy with myself. if I didn't give that a shot. Called my dad. He said, sure. Come on home. I thought about transferring to a couple of different places, transferred to Hofstra, got an internship fall 2005 at WFAN, September 9th, 2005. Sid Rosenberg (laughs) let me in the door. And uh, yeah, they got hired part-time after that, full-time after that, every single job that, that you could possibly have at the radio station. And uh, that's how it started.
3: I love that story. I love that it was like a work your way up and do everything and then hit it big and then have like the massive success. I, lo- I love that story. Um, especially in this day and age where like, you know, people make a social media video and then they get hired somewhere. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, um,
4: I, I appreciate that. One of the things I, you know, that when people, when I first started, I don't hear it so much anymore because we've had success when I first started. Like, oh, you're so lucky, you know, that, uh, that that Craig ended up getting in trouble. I'm like, wait a second. You think I was the only person in the world that wanted that job, was qualified for that right. job? No, it took years right. and years and years and years and years of putting myself in a position to be able to take Uh, that opportunity and be be right there and i said you know and and i don't remember as many people going oh well they they might have said it to them but it was sort of pre-crazy social media but i mean imus had to get in trouble himself for them to get the opportunity so that's what happens and when you prepare yourself and you're ready to be there when something goes down then then you're the next guy
3: that's actually a phenomenal point like yeah because if imus didn't do what he did then that show doesn't happen and also i think listen i used to discuss this you know, privately with Sal all the time as, as a longtime fan guy. Like no one ever left that station, like ever. Like for so many years, it was Imus in the morning, the, mid, the midday show would go through ups and downs and change a lot. Mike and Mad Dog were there for like 5,000 years and you had your Richard Nears and your Steve Summers and no one ever left. So no matter how you got there, to get that spot is still significant because that was a station that did not see any changes outside of the midday show. And even then it was still like, you know, Susan Woolman did it. She was at the Fan Forever. Jody McDonald, did it. he was at the Fan Forever. So like it, it, that was a place where no matter how you got any position to get there, to take any credit away from that is, is ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I
4: mean, I know. And I shouldn't have been, you know, even cared about that at the time. But it was, it was one of those things where it was like, hey, like I left. I left my friends and family for five years to go out to Pittsburgh to see if I could do this. And I uh, was doing mornings out there to be able to come back and did three more years of morning radio at CBS Sports Radio. So it's not like I was sitting in the newsroom picking my nose and all of a sudden someone got in trouble and I got the morning gig. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff right. that, that goes into it. So I, I, right. that is that is something I was proud of.
3: Last well, thing before I let you go after this marathon taping, thanks to my computer, Diane. I appreciate it. You, your Joe Beningo imitation. It's one of the greatest things I've ever heard. And you do the mic and you do Chris. And do you, do you, can you imitate anybody? Like, is that just something like you hear it and you can do it? Or is it only certain people?
4: No, it's only, it's only certain people. I can't, I can't imitate everybody. I always think about the people on Saturday Night Live, they're asked to do a certain person and they got to listen and listen and listen. There's some people I just, I I just can't do. And it was funny because it's, it's usually people I'm around a lot that, that I end up picking up on it. So I did not have a Joe Benigno impersonation for a very long time because I was working nights and I was with Summers and I was with Tony Page and I was I was just not around Joe. So then when I started getting around Joe, then it just I mean, it happened immediately. And it's it's it's, it's the easiest impersonation to do now. Because he does, he says the same stuff every single time. There's absolutely nothing like he just it's the same thing. Like with Mike, he's got a same similar thing, but he can he can broach any sort of topic. You know, with, with Joe, it's just it's it's the same exact thing. And uh, and then there's like you know, there's little things like with with you, you know what I mean, like <laughs> where you're like you know exactly what, what you know he means. Like you yeah. know, be like a like 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 uh, I don't know. Like he, you'd
3: be like, you I don't know, have to so do it. I'm I not. Am, uh,
4: I, I am hungry, and, and I would love to have lunch. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I,
3: am. I was like, What do you mean? Like I, you like I get it. It. You cannot have a better imitation. Like that is so. Do you? Do you have? Now you say you don't. Can't do anybody, but do you have? I'm not going to ask you to do it. But non sports. Do you have any imitations you do or like to do?
4: Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, it's, so this is. Oh, it was okay. funny. There, was, there There was a there was a guy that uh, worked at Fan. His name was John Schmelk, who now works for the the New York Giants. And he had this this one thing that that he did when he would he would say something that only really he would think was funny, and he would do this like little laugh and the sound with his voice. And I would do that for the the bosses. So he'd be like, "Well, that didn't go very well." <laughs> and so I'm telling you, it sounds strange, but this is what he would do. Right. <laughs> So I used to do that for for Eric Spitz and Mark Turnoff, and they would laugh their asses off. I remember when they sent me to Pittsburgh. They're like, "Listen, you know, we think you're going to be okay, but like the John Schmelk impersonation is not going to play out there." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I'll go out there, and there'll be somebody." And of course, right. there was a guy Ron Cook who did the midday show. I picked up his voice. Other so guy Vinny, was doing the midday show, so I was able to pick up on that. But as far as my friends go, oh my god, like, they, like I. I, I i do the second i moved to Sable, there were like six guys i ran into that i started impersonating to my friends and and uh there, there's a voice of a guy too that i grew up with who sounds like barney from the simpsons that i'll use from time to time he's the the guy i do the bit occasionally where his, his answer to every question was hack a fire stick so <laughs> no matter what want watch that show hack a fire stick so and and so, that no matter who is in my life, uh, I will pick up on something here or there. But I I, I just can't do anybody. And so someone's like, "Well, do my information, right. do my voice." I'm like, "Well, I, can, I can't. You got to be, you got to be right, a right. more distinctive or different, or or have a different type of voice for it to register."
3: I just remember too. There was a funny thing with you imitated Beningo talking about the je- you made it up but he was talking about he it was something with the jets in politics
4: oh yeah it was china i tw- oh, yeah. it
3: was and i tweeted it and someone wrote it as if yeah. it was the big lead wrote it as if it was the real job like they got tricked yeah they it thought, was right. hysterical they was Oh, about china, about china spying on the jets right it was china right, right. spying on the jets
4: that's what it was because because rob Sala <laughs> was scrolling through tiktok because remember he was right st- he would scroll right tick TikTok that's so run by the Chinese. You know what's going to happen. Week one, Chinese has a playbook. China's got the playbook. They're going to take it. They're going to give it to McDermott. Because we all know China hates the Jets. We've known this for years and years, bro. Ever since, back in the day, China didn't like the Jets. They're going to have the playbook. We're going to lose 41-0. 877-337-66. <laughs> we'll take a break.
3: Think 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 it. Think it. There's a perfect way. To, think about this story for one second, okay? So Geo does that rant. Well, not rant, but does that impression on WFAN. I see it and hear it. I tweet it. And someone picked it up and wrote a story. And the headline was like, Robert Sala. At WFAN Radio host Joe Beningo concerned about China picking up Jets play by like that is the perfect summation of like what media is today. Social media, the content game, like that is the perfect summary right there.
4: Right. And and whoever that guy was that wrote that story for the big, I think it was the big lead. Like he, he couldn't just say like, "I, I got duped. I'm sorry. I didn't do enough work. It was like, it was one of those things where, like, well, am I I didn't grow up in New York. Am I supposed to know what every WFAN host uh, voice sounds like? I'm like, no, idiot. I mean, you really think that someone – I mean, there are some bad takes out there, but you honestly think that someone, the morning drive at WFAN, thinks that China is stealing the playbook for the New York Jets? Like, what?
3: The, um, the sad thing is we live in an era where someone would believe that. Yeah, like, everything's a conspiracy. So, like, right now, you know, I mean – I don't know. I I don't want to get into that, but like literally everything's a conspiracy right now. So that would be like a four on the scale of like conspiracies that I hear during the day. So, Um, But what is is not a conspiracy is the juggernaut. That is the Boomer and Geo show for WFAN Monday through Friday from six to 10 and also on the CBS sports network. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for dealing with all of the technical issues that are an embarrassment. I appreciate it and keep up the good work. I'll be listening. And thank you.
4: Thanks, Jimmy. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Anytime. I was actually a little upset it took you this long to ask me to do this, so I uh, jumped at the opportunity. It's my pleasure.
3: I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to "Playing Dirty" sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, join me now as he does every week for our weekly train of Thoughts segment from WFAN and SNY TV in New York. My buddy Salacata, Sal, how's it going?
6: Great. How are you on this? Uh, what the hell we- day? Wednesday.
3: I'm okay, uh, but it's a special train of thoughts because Greg Giannotti is going to join us after our regular pod interview where my internet and computer died and we had a 15-minute debacle. Greg is nice enough to give me more time and join us for train of thoughts. Uh, yeah,
4: I'm excited for this. I'm a, I'm a regular train of thoughts uh, consumer and uh, and listener and watcher. And uh, during that 15 minutes that Jimmy was away, and I was sitting here staring at my phone, I was like, I hope he asked me to stay on even longer than I was supposed to. So this is a dream come true.
3: Look at this. I told I told Greg how we went to Roth, how we went to Rothman's that night, and everyone recognized you walking through the restaurant. It was like it was like that scene in Goodfellas.
6: Yeah, I, I'm sure. And you got to see Geo when we go to the Portly Villager in Sable. It's like the fucking presidents walking in there. And I'm, I'm yeah, sure, they, I'm sure the both of you were extremely comfortable during that outage for 15 minutes where you're trying to get your computer uh, working. Geo has bad luck with this shit. You set yeah. up a whole interview. He's got people come over to watch his kids. They leave him in the dark on it. The guy spurns him, and now you get him on. You're keeping him on yeah. after. You can't get your shit together. Working wise, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm still, sh- I'm guy. still
3: shaking.
4: Yeah, you don't you don't
6: I'm know. I'm still that shaking.
4: One. I had to do this. They asked me to do an interview with little Dickie. Uh, and I was like the person that he was interviewing. And I had this whole thing set up. I created a studio in my house and I had to have people come over and watch the kids because my wife had the flu. And I'm
3: sitting oh, there, God.
4: I sit down, I'm like ready to go. And they are like uh, oh, little Dickie schedule change. We're not going to be doing this. I'm lucky I even have a laptop right now at my house. I didn't set my house on fire like Tyreek Hills.
3: <laughs> so, so one of the ongoing themes with Sal and I is is like, is it bad that I don't know who this? Pro- like, I didn't know who Ice, ba- well, Ice Spice was at the Super Ice Bowl. Spice, yeah. I, did, is it bad I don't know who Little Dicky is?
4: Uh, I, I I knew him, but didn't know how popular he was. He has a he has a show named Dave that's on FX that's very popular. And he's got like oh, funny, I know the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, funny uh, comedy songs, but no, I don't think that it's bad. I, I don't. I don't. I used okay. to judge people for not watching or knowing who you know people were, but then I got so tired of yelling at Sal saying, "How do you not know who this person?" Right. Is? right. This is our governor.
3: Right. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> so
6: I just gave him up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I could totally I gonna, see that with Sal. I,
6: yeah, I was going to say like I don't know who Fat Perez is or Little Dicky until Gio talks about it. But I didn't even know. And I think we talked about this, Jimmy. I had no idea that that Trump could run for president again. I like, I just thought he was done. That was it. I had no fucking idea he could run again.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. So are you trying to tell me that you didn't know that Donald Trump was running for president this November? Like, when Correct. did you realize he was? When did you uh, realize he I was? Thought,
6: I thought we discussed this. Maybe it was somebody else I was talking. Uh, maybe it was a group of friends. Now I think about it, it as a different group chat. They They alerted me to the fact that he was in fact running again. I was like, what do you mean? Isn't he done? Well, when
3: was, when was, when was this? When was Maybe this? Maybe about a
6: month or so ago, a couple months.
3: So wait a second. You're telling me that you didn't know till a month ago that Donald Trump was running for president. Yes. Do you know that Joe Biden is running for reelection?
6: Oh God. No. You didn't, you oh didn't know that? No, oh, I you, did. Come I on. I did see him. Well, what did you think? Pres- the two p- I I did see him holding a press conference while holding an ice cream cone though. I saw that.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, nobody ever can be taken seriously <laughs> licking an ice cream. Like, if you have an ice cream cone in here, it's just... All right. all right, let me start. I got a bunch of topics. Let's start with this, because this is perfect for to have Geo on. A couple of weeks ago, a buddy of mine texted me. He won $11,000 on a $7, some crazy $7 parlay on FanDuel. Literally, $7, 11,000 winnings. First thing he sends the group chat... Do I tell my wife? (laughs) Sal?
6: Um, Now you listen.
3: I know your brother in law listens to this and you get in trouble with what you say on here. So keep, but be careful. But the question is if you won 11,000, do you tell your wife?
6: I I tell her that I won 5,000.
3: Okay. Fair enough. I mean, that's
6: that's the play. Honey, I won 5,000 bucks. Here's 500 or 1,000, whatever. And then, you know, you look like
4: a hero and you also get to keep the larger stash to yourself. Yeah, right. that, that's a great answer. I, I also think the question, you have to, I have to answer the question with a question, does your wife hate you is the first question. So if your wife hates you, then you say, we won $11,000, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, and then you might get late. If your wife actually likes you, then you keep every penny, and you stash that shit under your mattress or in your car somewhere, and you don't let her know anything about it, and you actually have some fun
3: so I, I said to him i said to him well let me ask you this when you lose 500 dollars in a night do you tell her he goes absolutely not i said right. well and i wouldn't tell her about the winnings you know he goes well i told her and now i'm buying a refrigerator
6: oh rookie mistake rookie mistake yeah. yeah. I, I basically have I, don't ask don't tell she knows i know we don't discuss well it. i
3: So I brought. So I went to dinner. I was at dinner the other night with my friend Diesel and his wife, and I brought this up. And the wife said there'd be major issues if he didn't tell her. Major. (laughs) So then I said, "Well, what's the cutoff? Like, if he wins five hundred, does he have to tell you?" She said, "No. She said a thousand and up, she needs to be told." So I told him, "Whenever you bet now, you do max winning nine nine nine. Don't go over (laughs) the nine (laughs) hundred ninety nine, and then you're in good shape." Yeah,
4: I mean, it depends no. also what type of wife you have. Like, like my wife is is essentially matlock. Like she's she she's one of these. She's <laughs> like uh, the Sherlock Holmes when it comes to this shit. So she'll figure it out yeah. somehow, some way. Um, so I'd never be able to truly hide that type of thing. Plus, I'd be excited about it. I actually, not to sound like like a like a dick, right. but like I, I, I oh kinda, yeah, I kind of want to share. It. I'd like, let's yeah, fun, let's do something,
3: right. You want to brag about that. You turned $7 into seven into 11000 You want to brag. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right.
6: But you, you um, brag you to your friends in the group chat and you tell your wife to share the excitement for half of it. That's the play. I mean, come on.
3: <laughs> oh, you're always getting in trouble on here. Um, I don't want to get into like a massive debate because I saw this stuff. I, I, I was barely on Twitter over the weekend. I for like four days. It was beautiful. I know there was a whole hullabaloo about court storming. I just want to say one thing. I am pro court storming. I don't care if someone got hurt this weekend. It's a tradition in college. Storm the courts. Where do you guys stand on court storming?
4: I, I, I love it. I, I mean, I think it's uniquely college. I, there's very few times where someone gets seriously hurt. Uh, it, it doesn't happen in the pros because people get arrested. I mean, think about some of these great scenes that you had when Tennessee beat Alabama and the, and the, 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 the goalposts are going down. There's thousands and thousands of people. Uh, on the field and when you're watching it on TV, like we are most of the time, it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, if I'm on the field getting trampled by a, a bunch of crazy people, it's one thing, but I'm not going to be there. So for me and my entertainment, it's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've never had
6: experience with it at Suffolk Community College. We didn't do the score, uh, corn, storm from the courts there. I don't know if they had a basketball team, actually, but I don't I honestly don't care. College sports to me has lost so much. I used to enjoy it a little bit more. But now knowing that the students get paid, it bothers me. I think it's cool for football. In basketball, it's a little weird where you're seeing people get run into and, and potentially hurt. So I think eventually it's going to be stopped. But I, I do, from an entertainment standpoint, I enjoy seeing.
3: All right, Debbie Donna right there.
6: I mean, that's just the truth. You, they're going to stop it. <laughs> Caitlin Clark gets run over and gets knocked down, and now somebody else gets hurt. Like You know how they, they're so reactionary, they're going to stop it.
3: We'll see. I don't know how you stop it. Exactly. I, mean, I was just
4: about to say, like, how? I mean, you, told me you can't with yeah. thousands and thousands of people that are pouring on, they're going to grab one or two and they're going to throw them in jail, and then most people are going to be like, listen, the, the numbers are still in my favor. I'm going to have a good time. I'm a drunk college kid, and I do not give a shit, and it's just going to be impossible. And think about the people that are the security guards at these games too, by the way. Yeah, like right. know, A 65-year-old, 450-pound pig who can't stop anybody. So, uh, no way that's,
3: stop. It. Here's, that's the thing about it. College kids are animals. You're not going to stop them from storming the court. First of all, they don't care if they go to jail or get in trouble. They're in college. That's what they want to do. So right. you're not going to stop them.
6: But I guess the question is, and not to be like, you know, try to bring up a darker angle to it, but it is dangerous. And I'm not talking about a player getting hurt, <sighs> but like, what if you have some nut job with a weapon on them? Like, you know, the way that the world is now, I know you can say that for anything, but, you know, Shiv spot potentially. Well, I mean, here's you know. what I...
3: Th- I think I, I think if you have someone storming the court and they have a weapon, then I think the issue there is you got to check for weapons before you go into a game. No. I don't think you need to stop the. No. The issue there is the weapon, not the storming the court.
6: True, right. that is
3: true. Let's go on a happier, happier topic. Sal, did you watch yeah. the We Are The World documentary on Netflix?
6: I did. And while I thought it was interesting, like all you guys pumped it up. Oh my God, you got to watch this. John Harper asked someone, I was like, I watched it twice already. I'm like, whoa, I can't wait to check this out. Like, it was good. I liked the song. I thought certain elements of it were interesting. Uh, I, it was not like the greatest thing that I ever saw.
3: A horrible take on so many levels. First of all, the song is awful. It's an what? awful song.
6: I but love the, docu- the song.
3: Oh, my God. MJ it's an awful nailed that song. But the documentary was tremendous. In fact, I don't want to insult Gio, but he was my second option for a guest this week. I tried to get Lionel Richie. Didn't work out.
4: Oh, well, cool. I mean, I get, I get upset with that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't watch this one. I got to be honest. I had I had zero interest in, in watching this one. And plus, I'm, I am neck deep in Love is Blind. And until that's <laughs> over, I'm not going to be watching anything else. And you can't tell me I'm, anything on Netflix that's more entertaining than Love is Blind. I've never seen I, I just, it, but I got to check it
3: out. But if, you, if you're a music person and you grew up in the 80s, you have to watch this documentary. I mean, you, Sal, I, see, I don't want to give spoilers now because Gio didn't see it, but
6: they come together and write a song like what? There is no spoiler. No,
3: no. Steve, how about Bob Dylan was nervous and couldn't do it? And Stevie Wonder had to show Bob Dylan how to sing like Bob Dylan. You didn't find that fascinating?
6: My my favorite part was when Stevie Wonder started doing something in Swahili and and what's what's the Waylon dude Jennings that left
3: yeah Waylon he Jennings out. he walked
6: out yeah like no country boys singing Swahili or something he just keeps
3: yeah. Cindy Lauper, that she's trying to do her part and they can't like record it because there's all this noise and they couldn't figure out what it the was noise was and, was, was and they thought the microphone was bad and it was her jewelry it was tremendous
6: uh, Geo you're a music guy so I know y'all. like you'll enjoy it was it was fascinating but like everybody's building it up to like this great thing it was good it was because it was
3: it was very it was great (laughs) it was great like
4: expectations ruin it just like everything like you know expectation is the thief of joy and if someone builds something up and you go into it and you're like oh this is going to be the greatest thing ever generally it sucks
3: like i'm such a lunatic that (laughs) don't get him in trouble The minute it was over, I went on Lionel Richie's website, found an email address for his publicist and emailed him. like, can I get him on the Sports Illustrated Media podcast? I
6: thought he came across very well on it. And I think Prince came across poorly, you know, for not showing up, obviously.
3: How did he come across? Yeah, but why does he have to show up?
6: And I thought they, you know, remember they brought like his girl there or whatever to try to get him, lure him there, and he didn't. Well, do that
3: it. was, yeah.
2: Every yeah, other megastar is doing.
6: Billy Joel could do it. Stevie Wonder, you know, uh, Ray Charles was there, I think, too. Like they had everybody, and he can't partake. Yeah, but he's and Prince. Prince is above it. Yeah.
3: Whatever. Are you just realizing that Prince is a little was a little mm. off? You're I'm not a Prince that? guy
6: anyway. Never been. Although oh, he is a Vikings fan, right? Yeah, Prince a big That's Vikings guy.
4: Right. Yeah, you know, the fact that Prince came out of Minneapolis is one of the weirdest things ever yes. in American <laughs> pop culture.
3: It really is. And like the what what was it called? His his house there. Um Paisley Park. Like yeah. in the middle like probably like the biggest thing in Minnesota. Um, all right. Bad take by Sal all around on that.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Did you watch this week's Curb?
1: Um,
6: which one was it? I think I Are did. Are you... But-
3: uh, did, um, not dejected. What was the word? What was the... Oh, my God. I can't, I had it all in there. I just... What was the word they used? In the golf... in the golf Oh, at the I, golf, did uh,
6: I did Yes, I did watch it. Horizontal tug did
3: you, or whatever. No, no, no. That was the week before. Oh, Wait,
4: that
6: one I are saw. You disgruntled?
3: I are you disgruntled? Are you disgruntled? That was this week.
4: I'm not up to date. You didn't watch it. it.
3: Geo, did you watch it?
4: No, I didn't either, man. I'm sorry. Do you are not you watch on Curb? On? Or? No, no, no. I'm not out on it. I'm, I'm totally in, but I, I, I like to build, because the episodes are short. I can't just have one episode a week. I am, I, I'm building up as many as I can, and then I'm going to run through it. And I haven't gotten a single spoiler yet. And it's a kind of an it's it's a that's a show you can't really spoil, in my opinion. Right. So I'm just I'm just letting yeah. it run a little bit. I lose
6: well, track a whole now thing- because because of the way they're released and and because of when I watch. So I feel like I watched it Sunday, but I might have watched it before the most current one. I had that happen with um True Detective where I was like, oh, we got to wait till next week to season finale. Meanwhile, I watched. The fifth episode, the night that the sixth one aired. So I I must have screwed that up with Curb. I'm I'm one behind.
3: Terrible. (laughs) Um,
6: I was watching that (laughs) stupid other fucking documentary on We Are the World.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you can't watch. There's no football. So you're not watching. What are you watching? You're not watching watching anything
6: anything right now. My wife, we we had shit going on. What do you mean? What am I watching? Yeah, I'm just sitting there in front of the TV. No, I got the real. Unfortunately,
4: real life issues taking place. He's, he's watching his life go down the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
3: I don't know what's going on, but something. Sal's having a rough week. Yeah, Sal's having a rough week. Yeah. Would you like to? Is there an update on the house?
6: Knock on wood, should be closing potentially Friday. All right.
3: Closing yeah. on Friday. All right. So yeah. you close Friday. When do you physically move in?
6: End of March
3: end of March. We're
6: getting all that in order. You'd be surprised. Maybe you wouldn't, but like it's ridiculous. I'm on the phone for two hours with mortgage people getting everything. Oh, do you have this paper? Do you have that? Then I'm on the phone with contractors. Then I'm on the phone with lawyers trying to get everything in order. The people that are, we got to move out of our house. We're renting it back. When, when are we leaving moving company? Like it just doesn't end
4: ever. God. <laughs> it's just long-standing long tradition of Sal, having a bigger problem with everything that every adult has to deal with than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. You're right. I don't want to be an adult. I want to be a kid. I want no responsibilities whatsoever. I want to watch You, play football. Play wiffle you guys ball. aren't going to believe this, but I got to get a toothbrush. Then I got to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Then I got to <laughs> stick it in my mouth. And then I got to move my hand. And then after that, I have to spit it into the sink. Can you right. believe this shit?
3: Right. Sal, Sal, like, wants to buy a house, like you like you buy a candy bar. Like, you go into CVS, you grab the thing. Like, no, you're buying a house. You're buying a right, house. You're right. You're right. But the what do you the expect? Do
6: list, like, I like checking stuff off the list. So they're like, oh, send me this, this, and this. And then I send that, and then it's like a, a list of seven other things. or so then this person wants – it's just a lot. Uh, so All right. So let
3: me ask you this. So, yeah. You're gonna close Friday. Move the end of March. Are you go now? Where you live now? You had that six setup in the basement with this big the TV, what projector? Yeah. Are you gonna have something similar, or is that gone now from your life?
6: I think it's gone. I think it's gone. Now
3: we know why you're so bitter. Okay. Now, now we know why the bitterness. (laughs) Now we got. For now. Yeah. <laughs> what's do you know what you're do you have a separate TV room for yourself like you did in in this car? Yes, yeah,
6: there will be a room now, where I will be able to host my friends without being bothered by you know distractions in the house. Um, well,
3: I'm I'm not coming to Jersey, so don't leave a spot for me. I'm no, not going. I mean, yeah. There. Now, so that t-
6: the, yeah. What's going to yeah, be the be setup? Problem. Are
3: you going to have one one big TV, two TV? What is the plan?
6: No, not no more multiple TV setup. I'm done with that. One, that's it. You
4: have multiple geo in one room to watch sports or just one. I mean, no, and and the reason why is honestly, well, I have the basement. We still need to do something with, um, and that could be down there. But it, like, when you, I don't know, when you grow up, you get a nice house. It looks like shit when you got multiple TVs on the wall. Like, I'm not running a sports book. I got to – you know, I (laughs) got to (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> right i had
6: as you know jimmy in that like theater room we had the big screen and then a couple tvs on the side and i've evolved well, you didn't
3: you don't need multiple tvs down there because you have the whole wall
6: is a tv well you could because of the new app on sunday ticket you can split it or whatever it is now right. on youtube you could split it into four which is also why i'm going to eliminate it. if i needed a second screen i could just use the ipad for whatever reason i don't need a another tv on the wall and it looks like shit
3: all right so let's so let's recap he's losing the big theater setup (laughs) terrible take on we are the world it was great despite what he says didn't watch curb and if he wins eleven thousand, he's going to tell his wife he only won five that's basically the recap of the sal appearance this week
6: i think a plus and he
3: i cannot wait when this ends, and I can text you and ask you what exactly has happened this week to make you so salty? What did
4: you guys talk about?
6: Uh, uh,
3: Geo and WFAN and
4: the traumatic the test- experience with his computer dying on him that I actually forget. You know, there's like a yeah. before and after when you have like trauma in your life. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. It I was don't actually my- a
3: phenomenal. It was a phenomenal interview until my computer died. It was really good. Yeah. Good back and forth, good give and take, good topics. And then the computer died. And right now I'm ready to just go run out into traffic were, on Derek Yeah, and right. Rights. Right
4: before the computer died, we were ranking the last 15 midday shows that the radio station has had over the last five years. And I was just getting to number fourteen. So did we make the cut yet at 14? The I I will go
6: back. I'm curious to go back and listen to this podcast. So it was funny. I signed on, I see. I saw a media podcast with Greg Giannotti. Oh, maybe they had Gio on. I was not expecting to have uh, the three of us together, so it's been fun.
3: Once Lionel Richie dissed me, I <laughs> said, let me go to the list of people I have not had on who I want to have on now that football is over. And I went right <laughs> to Gio. But I was, I was hoping for Lionel. <laughs> was shocking. Got- he wouldn't want to come on.
4: <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, you, you made me wait 15 minutes when you, your laptop
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: melted down and it's like you're really hammering this lionel richie thing on me i mean jesus i haven't felt this bad I mean, about myself since Chernoff was the program director
3: i mean listen i listened to you in the morning but you didn't come up with all night long let's just you know <laughs> call it like we say it yeah
6: but but his sal, do you have, do you
3: have a favorite lionel richie song sal let's let's end with that
6: um no i don't even know them by name i would know it if i heard it what's that one that they were playing during the special yeah, you know, he was in the jacket the with the car, huh?
3: We are the world?
6: No, 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 no. His individual single song. Give me, give me like names of his
3: All Night Long. Yeah, that one. Dancing on the long. ceiling. Say you, all say night long. me. Easy. No, so- all Sunday. Night long. Uh, d- yeah,
6: there's a okay. lot. All night long is right. my favorite, Lionel Richie song. All right. all
3: right. Anything else, Sal, you want to get off your chest? Why are you wearing a jet I... sweatshirt?
6: It's a hoodie. I think Boomer said the same thing to me a couple of weeks ago. Like, It's a comfortable hoodie that I purchased. But you're I not like a New Jets York. fan.
3: You're not a Jets fan. I root fan. for the Jets. Why?
6: And, well, why does anybody, right? I mean, why do Jet fans root for the Jets? I, I like the Jets. No problem. But it's a nice hoodie. That's it. It's a shirt. It was clean. I
3: Gio, up. what do you think about the Falcons fan wearing a Jets shirt?
4: Oh, I don't at this point i don't care about it and people don't understand like it's out sal, sal wears these like fashionable sports things he doesn't really care what's on it he just likes to wear it so i've seen giants knicks islanders rangers i've seen all of it he just he likes to run the gamut i mean I, it's like that i don't know I, I feel like that that whole like joe beningo take of like you can't wear someone else's jersey or whatever it's that's that's like i believe that in 1997 you know
3: that's what when I, I we have to go back and finish the Geo interview because my computer died and I want to get into the Joe Beningo imitation. So for people listening, we've already done that. We're going all over the place, but that's what we're gonna do when we go back because the computer dying just fucked everything up. All right, Sal, <laughs> I'm gonna go finish with Geo. You still got thank more, you f- Geo? You, oh, you confused com- because I wanted to. I wanted to get your segment done. With. All right, thank you.
6: All right, go ahead, guys. Have fun. I can't wait to yeah. listen to it.
3: Try to try to. Take it easy.
6: <laughs> All right. We'll be good. i see you tomorrow morning. All right. Enjoy. All right.
3: Yeah, bye. All right. Bye, Sal. Yeah. All right. My many, many thanks to Greg Giannotti. Hung in there some, through some technical difficulties, with, which I appreciate. My thanks to Sal Licata. And uh, if you've missed any recent episodes of SI Media with Jimmy Trainor, go into the archive, check them out. And the most important thing, subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button and subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trainor. All right. That wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care.